0: I'm Rico
1: and I'm Jessica
0: and this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well. It was a great New Year's and uh, I hope everyone out there had a great New Year's as well. Um, I've done nothing but like watch TV.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've been trying to like just watch. I've been trying to catch up on like the
1: 2021 movies That I didn't get to see yet. So I'm hoping that I saw enough so that this is not like I'm sounding like a crazy person.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And for those who don't know what we're doing, if you didn't read the episode title, we are going to be talking about 2021 in terms of movies. What are the best movies of the year? Uh, We will get to our top tens later on in the episode. Uh, But we have a lot to discuss in terms of the movie year that was 2021. Uh, But before we get started with all that, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us.
1: Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Always Critic Pod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod.
0: All right. So we're going to go ahead and talk about the year that was in movies, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before I get started on everything with 2021... There's a lot of movies from 2021 that weren't supposed to be released in 2021. Yes. <laughs> Do you think that made an effect on how we view 2021 as a year in total? Um. Because if you look at the list of movies that I know for a fact were supposed to come out in 2020, like just off the top of my head, I know that West, uh, In the Heights was supposed to be in 2020, West Side Story was supposed to be in 2020, Dune uh, also I believe um, No
1: Time to Die No Time
0: to Die <clears throat> so yeah. those movies getting pushed to 2021 do you think it made a difference on how we view the year itself
1: I don't think so <laughs> neither <laughs> only, do because, I. only because it feels like we got the same amount of movies
0: yeah it does that we did in
1: 2020
0: I honestly thought there was going to be a backlog that people me too because with so many movies like being delayed and delayed and delayed That the movies that we did get in 2021 that was supposed to be for 2020 um, didn't really make as big of an impact on the movie year that I thought they were. Yeah. Because a lot of the movies that came out in 2020 or supposed to come out in 2020 and came out in 2021 didn't leave a dent as to what I thought were some of the best movies of the year Mm
1: -hmm. for the most Mm -hmm. part. Yeah.
0: Um, One or two definitely stood out, but – For the most part, they didn't really make that big of a dent. They were like either middle of the road movies that you were like, oh, that was fine and then forget. Mm -hmm. Or they were just bad. So now let's go ahead and let's open up this conversation. Uh, (laughs) I think the best way to start this off is let's talk about some of our favorite moments In 2021 movies.
1: Okay, so you gave me this assignment. I didn't quite do it, but I think I can like wing it. And at the same time, I'm thinking moments, like just things that entertain me. Not like this is the best moment, like cinema Scorsese, like twirling my mustache type. No, no, no. no. I'm thinking like, what the hell happened this year that I remember?
0: Right, exactly. There's so many things that happened in movies that are memorable, whether it's a good memorable thing or a bad memorable thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... I would like to open up the discussion just real quick on the bad side.
1: Okay, okay. <laughs> I just don't
0: think, how could we forget everything that happened with Dear Evan Hansen? <laughs> I mean,
1: okay, so the
0: discussion was just the, off the rails.
1: Yeah, the discussion was off the rails. Um, we had your brother Miguel, our good friend of the show, come on and co host that show with us as a guest. It was crazy we were at each other's throats for most of the movie for most of the movie review and I think that the way that people uh responded to it I guess was so like either you loved it or you hated it that it ended up being I guess a well-searched episode and so people like flocked to our episode on it
0: yes which made it even worse
1: for me is because like we were so contentious on that episode.
0: We really were. We really We were, were like
1: literally did not give a shit about like paying a little bit more respect to I don't know, the filmmakers and everything. Like we were literally just bouncing off the walls in that episode.
0: Yeah, and so if you do like that movie, I apologize because we really just went really hard at that movie.
1: Okay, but I was the one that was like you really were advocating. It. Yeah, you yeah, were defending for it. it.
0: Uh, so, yeah, I think that was pretty memorable in a bad way. Do you have a moment that you would like to point out?
1: Um, Jared Leto in House of Gucci. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> oh, man.
1: <laughs> but then a hop, skip and a jump away at the beginning of the year. He had the little things. Oh, God. Which yes. was, <laughs> how's the trunk space? Like, <laughs> What? <laughs> That perform his performances this year, very memorable. Um, I would say uh, the the oh man, this is a huge spoiler. Do you can we talk Spider Man? Uh,
0: go ahead. I will warn people thirty seconds. Go ahead and hit your skip button starting now. All
1: right. So when all the Spideys showed up in No Way Home, that's a huge memorable huge moment for me this year um
0: love that that was so much fun so So much fun fun.
1: um i would say because we had such a huge lead up to the no time to die movie 007 this year was huge huge it was for me but
0: (laughs) the the best moment in that movie is the entire cuba sequence with (laughs) with it's the the best (laughs) yes it's the best sequence in the movie it's Mm -hmm. fantastic um I do want to say that I think that – and I think you and I were probably alone – well, not alone, but I feel like Malcolm and Marie, as a, an experience of a movie,
1: mm.
0: was very div- divisive. Mm. Uh, you and I, I think, really enjoyed the performances and yeah. everything. But there was a lot of criticism about the movie.
1: Yeah, because it wasn't very nice to the establishment. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I like we don't freaking care at all. So. No, not at all. You
0: know? No, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, great. That was great. Uh, the other the Mortal mo-
1: Kombat movie.
0: Oh yes, Mortal <laughs> Kombat. Coming. <laughs> Me out. learning
1: all there is to know about Mortal Kombat. Yes. Like, during right. that whole like that week long thing, right? Oh,
0: oh God, I remember that. <laughs> um. Ooh, a moment that I know that people talked about early on in the year uh Kong Godzilla versus Kong <laughs> and yeah. just the fight on the on the ships there was some interesting use of camera work on it like the way they would like he would spin underwater so like it would follow underwater come back up and just the fighting was pretty visceral for that that scene in particular mm-hmm. i remember mm-hmm. that was the scene that they were like teasing in the trailers a lot but then it actually was a really fun scene when it actually came out so that was uh, pretty memorable. Um, ooh, you know, the music from Encanto.
1: Encanto music. Great. And now that it's on Disney Plus, I think people are discovering the movie for the first time. It did oh, not yeah. have a crazy box office. And now people are watching it for free, essentially. And it's getting a lot more traction now.
0: Oh, yes, for sure.
1: Especially on TikTok where people are like um what's that song like we don't talk about bruno yeah we don't (laughs) talk about bruno yeah making making tiktoks with that song um what else the wolf movie do you remember yes i remember
0: the wolf movie wolf is uh, what it's called
1: yeah it's called wolf and it stars george mckay and lily rose depp and they think that they're animals and wow what a bizarre experience (laughs) Was it was so, so weird there was like us two and then one other dude in the theater yeah again like very memorable like watching experience because there was nobody there um and yeah just such a weird movie
0: i'm very really weird odd. movie uh do you remember when we saw zola
1: boy i still that haunts me yes that whole like movie night when we went to go see zola
0: talk about memorable moments
1: that oh, how many dicks were in that movie? Like I literally, too many? Like, oh, I can't even speak. Too many. Too, too many. <laughs> too many. It's not even like one too many. It's like and no, it wasn't too many.
0: that they showed them from afar. No, like it we, was
1: close up shots. Yeah, like one after another.
0: Oof. Yeah. That it, it was a lot. It was a it lot. It was a
1: lot. It was. I didn't know what to whether to laugh or cry or just like. I don't. I didn't know what to do. Like I think it was a comedy, like a dark comedy.
0: I mean, but it, then it was
1: like very dramatic in points and intense. I don't know. I I still can't quite get get a read on Zola.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, another big moment for me for for this year was, uh, well, actually, I have two moments that I think are pretty big, and they're both musical, musically based moments. Okay. The first one is from In the Heights. The opening number of In the Heights is just fantastic. It's a, such a great way of Building up the story right away, getting you familiar with who's in the story, who's important, and also a fun time mm-hmm. with the type of music because you and I are very familiar with that salsa mix mm-hmm. with hip-hop beat because we grew up in a ger- generation that listened to both. Like mm-hmm. our We overlapped on both, and so I thought it was a great way to open up that movie. And then the other mo- moment that I'm thinking of is in the movie Belfast where oh, they yeah. are singing Everlasting Love.
1: Yes. Oh, it's, it's
0: It's a moment that is supposed to be sad, but they're filling it with happiness in that moment mm-hmm. and the way they're just enjoying life that they have been kind of robbed of throughout the movie I thought was just such a wonderful moment in that movie.
1: How awful was He's All That?
0: Ooh! Oh! Oh God! Oh. That is such a bad movie. <laughs> so uh, bad! I know I didn't ask you for this, but that is the second worst movie I saw this year. Um, I believe it. And yep. the number one—I, I'm pretty sure that if you looked at your list of like movies, the worst movie we probably have the same one, and it's hmm. The Misfits, starring Pierce Brosnan.
1: <laughs> uh, hold on. That I can might
0: be the worst movie. Give you bo- the you and i saw
1: it is the misfits it's the misfits, misfits is a 1 star for me
0: it is a bad movie just the terribly bottom edited three,
1: here's here's the bottom 3 movies for me in 2021 it's the, the misfits the kissing booth 3 mm. and he's all that
0: uh, so you and i share two of the three so <laughs> i never saw kissing booth 3 so i i, I can't speak on it but yeah, the yeah. misfits he's all that and space jam a new legacy
1: Oh, was my number
0: three worst movie. Yeah. Other I just found it, not, like, even for a kid's movie, like, the movie is so it's bland and bad. Yeah. It just does not work as a movie. Um, now, some other memorable things that I can think of, uh, the the bus fight in Nobody, I thought was... a
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say the bus fight in Shang-Chi.
0: Well, that's another bus fight. Yeah. Bus fights were really popular in 2021. Really big this year. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, so the two bus fights were really good. I think the bus fight in Shang-Chi is probably the best sequence in the movie.
1: Mm, but maybe. the nobody bus fight is pretty spiral. And well.
0: so, yeah, no, it's it, it's incredible as well. And there's some other things that I think we could talk about, but I think we can save that for when we talk about these certain movies. For sure. Because I think some of these movies that we're gonna talk about are gonna end up in our top ten, but before we get to our top ten, let's talk about performances. Mm, now, okay. there's a lot of performances that we could ch- choose. Like, so what are some of your favorites? I did
1: okay, so I did eight actresses and mm. nine actors.
0: Oh, okay, so you really?
1: I did not rank them though, so these no, are no, just no. like you know. That's off the top. fine, and They're and for me,
0: order. I think you and I may have some overlap. On, okay. on our performance.
1: So I'll go with the actors. Okay. First. So I have Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom.
0: Oh, I loved his performance in that movie. Oh he gosh. is on my list. He is on my list on there.
1: Uh, I have Tony Leung in Shang-Chi, which is the dad, because he doesn't fit the bill for, you know, a usual Marvel villain. I thought he brought a lot to it.
0: Yeah, the, usually the Marvel villains are not very well developed. There's only no, I think three, maybe four on the top, you know, that you mm-hmm. can count that yeah. are actually well developed, and he's one of them.
1: And then to have such a Hong Kong legend, like, yes. being, oh, okay, I have Tom Holland in No Way Home.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, it, um, I thought he was very good. I know our friend um, Danny Romero really. He liked would fully get behind this
1: idea. Yeah, yes, um, for sure. John David Washington in Malcolm and Marie.
0: Ah yes, it is such a great performance. It and you can't really talk about that performance without Zendaya as well.
1: Exactly. Because so Zendaya's on the the, on the way
0: they list. they back and forth with each other in that Oof, movie yeah. is just incredible stuff. Yeah.
1: I have Nick Cage and Alex Wolf from Pig.
0: <laughs> yes, I had Nicholas Cage, but Wolf does does bring his yeah. part for sure. Yeah. Uh. W- Would you say it's because Nicolas Cage is just so... Like, he's a presence in that movie.
1: Exactly. He's not so much relying on dialogue at all. Like, there's barely a dialogue in the movie. But he is bringing a presence, like an aura about his character. And the way that he sort of breaks people down without even using that many words is incredible.
0: It's a fantastic performance. I honestly hope that he gets a nomination for that mm. performance because it, I think it's very merited that mm. performance.
1: I got Justin Chan from Blue Bayou.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. a nice one. That's I know. a good performance. I um,
1: I wish that people talked about his performance and actually I think this was his directorial debut as well. Blue correct. Bayou. Yes, um, very good
0: performance. Check it out. Wish that people
1: talked about. Yeah. Number eight, well, it's not number eight, but the eighth name I have is Will Smith in King Richard.
0: Mm, Yeah, yeah, that that makes so much sense. Uh, I
1: don't like to like it
0: because it's a big
1: name and a biopic. It's like, you know, all the perfect storm of things for him to actually get nominated for awards. But, I mean, he did very well.
0: (laughs) Yes, he did. He, He did very well. Yes, you're right. Lastly,
1: I have Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield from Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. <laughs> you're like nodding your head like, "Yo." Yeah,
0: and and uh Daniel Kaluuya won best actor for yeah. that role. Um we still counted it as 2022 uh 2021 because it was released in February in wide mm-hmm. release, you know, even though it counted for the 2020 Oscars. We still counted it For our list of this year. Because, again, everybody else could see it in 2021. So. Right. It made sense. that Those two performances are really good.
1: Yes. There's a lot of like yin and yang this year in movies where you're like, well, these two people were really playing off each other too well. It's hard to not mention the other person when you're talking about one.
0: Exactly. You are right about that. For sure. Okay.
1: For actresses, I have Frances McDormand in The Tragedy of Macbeth.
0: Ooh, that performance <laughs> is haunting.
1: Haunting.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, I, it just came out, so there's not much we can really say without spoiling stuff. But yeah, But it is Macbeth. Yeah, it's I mean- Macbeth. So if you know the story of Macbeth, then you will know what happens. Mm-hmm. But she is incredible in that performance.
1: Yes, yeah. Um, I We already talked about Zendaya. She's already on here. I do have Alicia Vikander for Green Knight and... Blue Bayou,
0: ah, two hander, two for her.
1: different movies, yeah, same actress, but strong
0: performance,
1: really strong on both movies,
0: yeah, she was. This is
1: surprising to me, Alana Haim in Licorice Pizza.
0: I was wondering if you were going to mention her or not. I and was because hesitant because I, I had I, on my list.
1: Oh, you had like her name on your, yes. you know, best performances list. Okay, Correct. yeah, um,
0: it's I surprising she because, very because it's the first she was time very performance. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. she's not an actress. She is from the band Haim uh for those who don't know. And basically she this is what I heard the story is that uh Paul Thomas Anderson the director uh had a crush on I think it was Hyam's mother. And they she looked yeah and <laughs> just like they know each other, like know each other. PTA oh and Hyam. They know each other, Okay. so that and supposedly because she looks so much, there was such a resemblance to uh, basically on Lana's mom that he cast her and wanted her for that role, and it worked out because she did a great job. In her I think first she did. I think she
1: did such a surprisingly good job in Licorice Pizza. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you know we'll give our thoughts on these movies, of course, when we're talking through our lists because I'm sure course. it'll come up. I have Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye.
0: Oh, yes. Um, There's been criticism about that movie in particular for sympathizing with with these two people, uh, Tammy Faye and... I can't remember his first name, Bakers, the Bakers. Yes. Uh, because of the fact that they went through so much scandal. There was a scandal about them you know, laundering money and all that. And there was criticism about painting them in somewhat of a favorable light, especially Tammy. Um, I just okay. heard the discourse. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it was actually a really good performance by yeah. Jessica Chastain. I'm surprised that it was a role that she took on mm-hmm. uh, just because – I when was the last time you saw like a religious figure be portrayed like that
1: mm-hmm. in
0: any movie? I I can't remember. And off almost the top like of my with
1: head. reverence too.
0: Like, right, exactly, that's what I mean. It. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she actually portrayed it with like a sense of wanting to tell a story mm-hmm. as versus what you would normally see is like let's, you know, really put a a microscope on these people for who they are or how we portray them to be. Mm -hmm. So that's what I found interesting about that performance and that choice.
1: Yeah. Um, I have here – these are two very – I don't even know why I put these on here. I have Kristen Stewart from Spencer.
0: I think we have to mention it because of the fact (sighs) that – She's a favorite. She's the favorite. Mm-hmm. Going into 2022 Oscars, I think yeah. she's the favorite. So, I think the performance is good. Is it as good as what people say it is? I don't think so. But for how we know Kristen Stewart, it it's like right in her zone. Right. The performance works for her. Like they they built it for her. The way they portray Princess Diana, they did a mm-hmm. very good job of like building it around Kristen Stewart.
1: I also have Lady Gaga from House of Gucci.
0: Oh, my God. You I don't do? know
1: why. I don't know why they're why. <laughs> on here. <laughs> why?
0: Memorable, sure. Okay. It's a memorable performance. I don't think it's a good performance, but okay, it's a Okay, forget I said
1: anything. I have <laughs> Numi Rapace from Lamb.
0: Oh, yeah. See, that's a good performance. I, yes. I didn't even think of putting it on the list. I probably should have, but I, I just I missed out on that.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's my that. uh my list. Okay, you, did, so, you, did you have any names that you wanted to throw out there? before? We-
0: yeah, uh, you mentioned a lot of them already, but I did want to point out a couple more that I think people would either find interesting or I think that are very good. So you mentioned the Green Knight. I did want to shout out Dev Patel as the titular Green Knight. I thought the way no, he... No,
1: he's not the Green Knight. Oh, no,
0: I'm sorry, not the titular <laughs> Green Knight. Sorry. I, I, he is uh, Sir Gawain. Yeah. Or Garwin, however they pronounce it.
1: Garwin, that's right. There was like a...
0: However they pronounce that. God, name. the old English but or whatever. he brought this sense of immaturity to begin the, the role. And mm-hmm. the way you see that character grow as the movie goes along is incredible. And mm-hmm. Dev is one of the main reasons. I want to shout out Joaquin Phoenix And Come On, Come On. It's a very tender a loving performance that you see someone who is trying to connect with his nephew. Mm -hmm. And it is just, it it shows the range of Joaquin because Joaquin at this point has kind of become like a, Oh, he's a out there performer. Like his roles are eccentric type of Mm -hmm. thing, but he can tap into something a lot more tender like he did with the movie Her. Her. You know, like, and so it's great to see that still in his repertoire. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I do want to shout out Simon Rex in the movie Red Rocket. Uh, Okay,
1: so you ended up seeing Red Rocket? Yes.
0: Ended (laughs) up seeing it. This man is a liar. He is a cheat. He is a man. Oh, the character? Yeah, the character. Okay, okay. And the man who will look for any way of not blaming himself for things that go wrong and at the mm-hmm. same time trying to take credit for things that he, you know he didn't really have that much of an influence on and mm-hmm. he is one of the most charismatic people on a screen this year you can't help but like you know yeah, mm-hmm. you're a bit of an asshole but you know you're you're kind of fun mm-hmm. you know like it's, it's such a great performance by Simon Rex so I gotta give a shout out to him um, you already mentioned Most of the ones that I was uh, leaning into, for the most part, that I found either interesting or stuff. uh, There's one that I – yeah, there is one that I really want to talk about uh, real quick. And it's The Power of the Dog. I think that (laughs) you have four performances in that movie that Uh I think are worthy of at at least mentioning how strong. Now, how strong they are – in terms of the movie, I think that obviously Benedict C- Cumberbatch's performance is as a toxic male figure who has, you know, like a hidden secret is is pretty good. But I'm actually more in, interested in a secondary character uh, who is played by Cody Smith McPhee. Okay,
1: he's uh, the skinny dude.
0: Yes. Okay. I think that character... Is just all sorts of fascinating throughout the movie. And the way it's portrayed by Cody, just like this very, you know, soft character who has basically, I don't want to give away the movie (laughs) if you haven't seen it, but just... I don't
1: mean to laugh, but it's fresh in my mind. It's fresh in your mind. Exactly.
0: Exactly. But the way he portrays like this soft character, but you could tell the mind is always at work. Like he is constantly thinking of stuff. Like you could tell he is not, you know, what he's others portray him. Yeah. Others portray him as one thing, but he is clearly. He's lethal. He's lethal. So <laughs> uh, great performance by him. And I think because of all the movies we've mentioned, you've. I think we've. Pretty much captured all the ones that I'm I'm thinking of. Pretty much. Yeah, that that's, that's what much I would it for say. Yeah, best you
1: performances. And- yeah,
0: you got most of them. I just added a couple more on top. Um, and I think with that, I okay, think we can move it. into our final segment, which is am, oh our God. ten best movies. I am of so nervous.
1: I have rethought this like 20 times in the last 10 minutes. I'm looking at my ranking and I'm going, what what, am I thinking? I, I'm i nervous, but let's go. Let's, let's go. do
0: this. Now, before, before we mention our top tens, and we'll take turns back and forth, um, did you have any movies that were like this close to making the list and they were like, ah, I, um, I got to cut it out of the top ten?
1: I did. Uh, l- give me one second. I'll pull them up because I don't have them in my list at all. Like, I didn't have like a... Top twenty, and then I just give ah, my yeah, top ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, I literally just have a top ten. <laughs> um, movies that just missed out. So uh, I'd pro- uh, old,
0: old, okay. Missed
1: out. Nobody. Okay. Missed out. Gotcha. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah just missed, missed out. out. Really?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And last one I'll mention is in the Heights. Missed out. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow, it dropped off your top 10 completely. I remember yeah. halfway through the year, that was like, I think our number ones at that at that
1: it, time. Oh God, I can't remember. But I it believe. was definitely up there.
0: Halfway through the year, I think we both had in number one. Mm. So obviously the second half of the year came through and a lot has changed. Yeah, um, For me, a couple of the movies that I just missed from putting in the top 10, uh, The Green Knight, the Green Knight just missed out of my oh, top 10. Okay. Uh, come on, come on was right on the cusp. And I was just like, oh, I think I prefer this movie a little bit more. And another one, it's because I saw it way too recently. So I can't really judge that it's like top 10, but it's still very good. And that's The Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: So that one, those three movies were very close. I was debating, but I left them off. And now we're going to talk about our top 10. So, Jessica, what is your number 10 movie of 2021?
1: My number 10 movie is The Tragedy of Macbeth.
0: Hey, there it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this is what Denzel... Uh, I call him Denzel. I don't I don't care if that's how he pronounces his name. It's Denzel. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it was such an unnerving experience to watch this movie. And it truly... I think the cinematography just did it for me. It was so... Uh, rich and layered and um I think that it made the tragedy of Macbeth a little more interesting than you would expect because I come from a background of studying English literature in school and you know it's a little different to see it perform it performed right yes and this was I felt pretty well acted I saw a complaint the other day that was like oh um Denzel just is playing his usual, you know what I'm saying? It's more of like Denzel is playing himself a little more than he's like trying to be Macbeth. And I'm like, "Mm, disagree. But um, what's sad about this movie is that I cannot think to return to it. It's just too dense.
0: It is very dense, yes.
1: But it's an incredible rendition of, you know, classic material.
0: It really is. And I remember you and I talking about it after we saw it and thinking how beautiful it looked how the some of the haunting imagery or the performances Uh, overall a great movie and if it gets a nomination for best picture hey it it deserves at least a nomination because i think it's it's well crafted joel cohen does an amazing job and like we mentioned before denzel francis mcdormand great performances so that's your number 10 yeah. All right. My number 10 um, is nowhere near that type of movie. Uh, it is Spider-Man No Way Home. My Shut 10. up.
1: Yes. It's at 10?
0: It's at 10. Uh, I think it is one of the most fun experiences that I've had in the theater.
1: Yeah.
0: It's super memorable. I, I saw it three times mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I just had so much fun. And with everything that happens in that movie and what it does for – the current peter parker storyline it does a great job of kind of putting things in a place where you can look and say okay now let's see what happens with this character going forward right so that is my number 10 spider-man no way home
1: got it jessica
0: what's Sweet. your number nine
1: my number nine oh was that your number 10
0: that was my number 10
1: okay so you said that was my number nine and then i got really no confused.
0: no i said what's your number nine
1: okay whatever <laughs> number, number nine, is Tick, Tick, Boom. Ah. <laughs> I didn't expect to like this movie because everyone is on the Andrew Garfield train right now. There's, you know, the Garfield Assange is happening. It's strong. And, um, you know, I'm not like a huge fan of Lemonwell. I'm a, an appreciator of Meet on Miranda. But I took a chance. I watched it. It's on Netflix. And I was very impressed. I thought that it was a Great directorial debut from Lynn manuel Miranda. I thought that it was staged very interestingly. And obviously what blew me away was Garfield himself in this really frenetic, nonstop role.
0: I really appreciated Andrew Garfield's portrayal of this of this actual person. Yes. Uh and being able to tell it through different ways it, like he he's talking throughout the movie, he's singing throughout the movie and there is this concept of time and it, it's even in the title tick tick boom. But there's a there's a concept of running out of time mm-hmm. that the movie is kind of paced with.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: there he needs to do something before his right. he feels like his time is up. Mm -hmm. and I think it's a wonderful uh, portrayal, and like you said, a strong first-time outing as director for lin and Miranda, and so we'll see how he's able to follow that up going forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see what Garfield does next in his career. I mean, Garfield, like you said, huge year for him because he had that, he had Spider-Man, and he had... Eyes um, of Tammy Faye. Yeah, the Eyes of Tammy Faye, so... Pretty big second half of 2021 for Andrew Garfield. So that was your number nine. My number nine is The Last Duel.
1: Shut up.
0: It is. The Last Duel is Ooh. my number nine.
1: Okay. I All think right.
0: that this is what I feel like is a good representation of uh, like popcorn film and like prestigious fair, like mixed together.
1: It's an adult drama.
0: Yes, yes, which we don't get enough of nowadays.
1: Well, the min- the Millennials are the one that's that sank this movie in the box office. Yeah. Didn't you know?
0: Yeah, according to Ridley Scott, it was the Millennials. <laughs> so, no, uh, I think this movie is a great piece of art. I, I love that this was written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. They, you know, reunited to write the screenplay on this, but they also brought in someone because they were not familiar with being able to write for a woman. So Mm -hmm. they weren't just going to, you know, tackle their way through it. So they did actually bring a woman to bring to actually write the female part for Jodie Comer. And I love the way the story unfolds and viewing it through the eyes of the characters. Mm hmm how this is how I remember it is the way this movie kind of unfolds and it's it's visceral it is uncomfortable at times uh, but still overall a great great piece of work and on top of that Ben Affleck is just having so much fun in his <laughs> role in that movie so that's why it's my number nine I really enjoy this movie The Last Duel
1: awesome My number eight movie is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings.
0: (laughs) Very fun movie.
1: I don't think I need to explain how much I love this movie, but it really um, made me think that MCU was good.
0: (laughs) Yes, because, again, as most people know who listen, uh, we'll know that Jessica is not that big of a Marvel fan. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, seeing that this movie is in your top 10 of the year yeah you know speaks volumes and i i had a feeling that it would you would connect to it uh, you do have an appreciation and do love uh eastern culture uh, uh you yeah, you consume it all the time, <laughs> yeah, all the time. so so <laughs> it, it 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 was a great film and like you said uh, earlier with Tony Leung really just giving a great performance for a marvel villain mm-hmm. uh overall yeah it, it's a great time at the movies i i enjoyed that movie as well sweet so my number eight sci-fi denis villeneuve's dune
1: oh okay
0: yes all right <laughs> uh so this is a movie that should have been out in 2020 got delayed to 2021 uh i really love the world building that they presented in the movie I think that it is an interesting look. Although, Denis, like, Denis has a style already. Because if you watched his prior films, like uh, Blade Runner 2049 or Arrival, like, there is a sense of how he builds sci fi. Yeah. And this is on a grand scale of how he did it. Uh, But overall, I thought it was. A wonderful movie, great movie to see on a big screen. Yeah. Uh, everybody coming in with great performances: Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, Timothy Chalamet, Zadea, mm-hmm. and then so many other people in this movie. It you know you, the list goes on. And I found myself sitting there just absorbing the movie. Almost mm-hmm. it, the way it just it's propulsive with its sound. Uh, the way. A lot of it feels minimalist when you're looking at it, but it's really detailed. Yes, Um, very grand. Very grand. Uh, So overall, just a wonderful experience at the movies and a very memorable movie experience in general. So Dune is my number eight movie of the year.
1: Okay. My number seven movie is The Last Duel. Hey. Hey. There it is. (laughs) Uh, The Last Duel. I think that um, what sold this movie being on my list because I already really liked it um, was Jodie Comer's performance and how it is transformative throughout the movie and her final scene of, I think it's Matt Damon like riding off like triumphant on his horse and then he's like behind her or she's behind him on her horse. Uh, That spoke volumes to me. I think that that was like the, the point of the movie was her sort of gathering What's happened and what it means.
0: Yes. Yes. Very, very true. And so
1: uh, that was amazing to me.
0: And I wanted to bring up her name because I didn't mention it when I when I was talking about it. And it, the, the woman writer that came in, Nicole Hall of Center, mm-hmm. Uh she was the one that came in to beef up and write the female role for Jodie Comer. And you're right. Jodie Comer's performance is stellar. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and again, it, it's something that I wish more people would have seen, would have gone out to watch. Right. Is, it is. Not
1: for a, Ridley Scott's sake. No. But for, you know, the movie itself, it's really good. And, uh, these actors put a lot of themselves into it. It felt like, um, everyone was kind of committed in a way. Um, you know, Ben Affleck and, uh, Adam yeah. Driver and Jodie Comer, like all these people are, um. Very good actors. They are very good. And, you know, you put them in bad hair wigs and, you know, <laughs> some chain, chain link armor. And it just works. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I I totally understand what you're saying there. So that's your number seven, correct? Yes. All right. My number seven, I mentioned them earlier, and it is Red Rocket. No is way. my number seven no movie. No way. That is correct. Uh, I think this this movie... So I want to say the director Sean Baker. Uh, he is known for directing the Florida Project. Uh, he he comes back. He really has a knack and a and a drive, and really appreciates small, forgotten places in America. Hmm. A play, you know, just like things that are happening in America underneath the surface that don't get covered. But it's kind of like the everyday living of, of normal Americans in these specific places that he covers.
1: Right. I never watched Red Rocket, but I have watched Florida Project, and it is almost journalistic.
0: Yeah, it almost feels journalistic. So this takes place in Texas City, Texas, and it is about a an adult film star who moves back home to Texas City after things have not worked out for him in California. And he's trying to get back with his wife. He's trying to make things happen again for himself. And also, he falls in love with a girl as well. The when mov- you say
1: girl, you mean girl like underage girl?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It The Dude. movie, at, at, at moments, can be rough to watch, uncomfortable. It could be hilarious. It can be... Um, gripping at times. Uh but and sometimes you just feel icky as well. I know it's it's a weird feeling to to kind of portray. But I just think the way that Sean Baker directs this movie, it, like you just can't take your eyes off the screen for Everything that he's doing with these characters, it's really a character piece, not just about him as a character. Um, Mikey Sabre is the name of the character, but everybody else that's in this movie. The, it's its really coming down to who fills out the these parts of America that we know exist, but we never talk about. So that is my number seven movie, Red Rocket.
1: <laughs> my number six movie is Dune.
0: Hey, Dune. I just hey. talked about it.
1: <laughs> I know. There's really no need to talk too much about it. Um it's great. I I almost feel like I would regret not putting on putting it on this list because it feels like the beginning of a of a like a a franchise like a um a saga like yes. fellowship of the ring or something. And it also feels like it might be my favorite one of like whatever is to come you know what i'm saying
0: oh okay
1: i hate to be this person because i think that when we were reviewing doom we were also like it it feels unfinished you know we're yes. not getting the full picture and i mean that's part of what makes it really hard to judge right now
0: you're right about that
1: and i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say this is probably gonna be my favorite one of like the two or three movies that are gonna come
0: I, I can understand that, or not it,
1: come, but like to round out the to whole
0: round thing. out whatever story. Some
1: that, total of this Dune,
0: exactly thing. what yeah. Denis Villeneuve is going to do. Um, yeah, I, I can see that, and I know you're not you're not big on sequels. No, uh, so <laughs> having this one as the one you would most. However, there is like more the source
1: material, right? To go Ex- off of, like exactly these, this is like the one exception. I haven't talked about this in a long time, but my exceptions for sequels are. If the source material has more, you know, Fellowship of the Ring, Twin Towers, like, or Two Towers, et cetera, um, Twilight, New Moon, like, whatever. Harry like, Potter. I'm not going to be mad at these movies because the books or the source material that they're based on is a series and there's multiple. And so it grants a sequel.
0: No, no, I totally understand. Fair anyway, enough. Anyway,
1: So long story short, Dune as number six
0: at number six my number six uh, we had a lengthy discussion about this early in the year uh, it already won best supporting actor and everything it's Judas and the Black Messiah mm. uh, I, I kept it on my list because it's just such a dynamite movie like just all the way around everyone in that movie is great mm-hmm. uh, and yeah like Kaluya the the speech he gives in the church. Is just blowing the doors, and just like you're sitting there and just like wow, this is something else of a performance.
1: So here's my thing with Judas and the Black Messiah is that I like the movie a lot. I think it's a prestige pres, prestige movie, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't feel it's rewatchable, and I also feel like the performances are bigger than the movie. Ah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it they, overshadows like the movie because they're so good in it.
0: I totally understand what you're saying. I, I get it. Uh yeah, and that's not even mentioning Licky Stanfield or mm-hmm. even Jesse Plemons who has like yeah, a pivotal right. role yeah, in that movie. Yeah. Um yeah, so overall there it's just amazing performances. And you're right, it is like a tough rewatch. It would be, <laughs> but still, if you haven't seen the movie, Highly recommend mm-hmm. to Go watch it. for sure. So that was my number six. What's your number five, Jessica?
1: No Way Home is my number five Wow, movie. number five. Yes. Look at that. It got all the way up there.
0: <laughs> got up to number five.
1: Yeah, I've watched it a couple of times. It really works for me. I think that, um, you know, all the twists and turns in the movie just sort of work. And in a way that it doesn't feel shoehorned in there like a lot of marvel movies have you know some sort of hail mary in the third act and you're like "Mm, okay fine so no stakes this one felt like there were real stakes and there was real um consequences and it also felt like a a coming of age
0: it did it did felt like
1: a maturing of the character which felt really nice
0: yeah and necessary in my eyes
1: yeah for sure.
0: Yeah. You, you know my complaints. And if you want to hear us talk about more about No Way Home and everything that goes on with it, go ahead and check out our episode. Just scroll back a few episodes and you'll see it, or just a couple of episodes, actually. And you'll see it on your podcast feed. So that was your number five. Five.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. My number five one syllable pick. Oh, God. Yes. Uh, it's this- five. It's number five. Uh, I think this is what I loved this year. Like just that adult drama Uh slowed Uh down. There is – like I mentioned earlier, there's like this aura, this presence about the character that Nicolas Cage is playing. You are – trying to figure out like what is the big deal about this character mm-hmm. you are learning things along the way he is giving such a subtle performance that is but it just is so loud mm. by with how contained it feels mm-hmm. it feels contained yeah. um and i'll i i can not forget that that last scene in on the dinner table yes the dinner table scene where he feeds the meal and the reaction that the man has to the meal and the memories he conjures it's such a wonderful scene and that is why it's at number 5 i i it's a movie that every once in a while i just think back and like man cage was great mm-hmm. in that yeah yeah it, it, that's why it's at my number 5 nice pig Take. <laughs> yes, very good. What's your number right.
1: four? Malcolm and Marie is my number four.
0: Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, great movie. Uh,
1: we did our episode on it earlier in the year, way earlier in the year. It was a first half of twenty twenty one movie, and uh, it's very quick. The dialogue is very good. um The performances are stirring, and um, I just like the. Connection and disconnection between these two people, right? You can see what they like about each other, but then you are really bombarded with what they don't like about each other.
0: Yeah, that is true.
1: Um, And it's powerful. I love it.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's very good. <laughs> I mean, it's hard <laughs> to really say anything else besides that, but it, it's very good. So th- that was your number four. four. My number four... Is a movie by this guy called Steven Spielberg. Do you know who that is? And it's West <laughs> no, Side it's Story. Not. No, you did not Number put West four, Side Story. <sighs> West Side Story. I thought West Side Story, the remake from twenty twenty one by Steven Spielberg. Wow. Was incredible. Wow. I thought there were moments that I felt that were better than the original mm-hmm. in nineteen sixty one. Uh, obviously there's things that are going to be hard to top or can't be top. Rita Moreno's performance from the original is is very hard. (laughs) It's one of those things. But the updates that they make to the movie, the things that they fill in to the story, the way they incorporate Spanish-speaking characters and the way its true nature of balancing two worlds – Mm -hmm. you know coming from the island puerto rico coming to new york living that two lives of speaking spanish speaking english and being able to you know go back and forth i think the the movie's not afraid to be a musical Mm -hmm. like it really goes there like from the opening number the dance sequence with the with the jets like the movie opens up with this look we are going to play west side story this is a new update But it's still the musical that you love. And the performances are just incredible all the way throughout. And Mm -hmm. I just love it. It looks beautiful. Uh, There's so many good sequences throughout. So that is why West Side Story is my number four movie of 2021.
1: You surprised me with that, with West Side Story. Ah, I did. You did. Um, I I fully back that. No issues with West Side Story. I think it's honest. I think it's nice. Um, I think it's respectful. It is. My number three movie is Pig. Hey! <laughs> hey. <laughs> we were pretty uh, close. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, there should be a whole category of um, movies that we cover. Like, maybe in a series or something. Like, the best like food-related movies. Uh. <laughs> and, like, Chef is up there. Pig yep. is there. You yep. know? I just love this movie. How quiet it is. And how you know, this gentle giant of a hermit dude is somehow like the most famous chef of uh, you know, Portland.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> and, but like, who knew? And um, there's this whole history that we don't know about. And his view on life is quite unique. And, you know, what he loves and cherishes most is, is not what everyone would think is a healthy thing.
0: <laughs> right, Exactly.
1: And he sticks by it and there's so much value in the movie and um, lots of stuff you can glean from it. So I, I found it quite remarkable. I loved Pig. I was blown away by Nick Cage. <laughs> yep, that's He's, my number three he movie. He was
0: great. Both of us having that movie in our top fives speaks to how much we enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Pig starring Nicolas Cage. So that was your number three. My number three was my number one in the middle of the year, and that is In the Heights. Oh, okay. In the Heights for me...
1: What, I'll say, like, what made it drop to number three? Is uh, there anything negative, or it's just the other movies are better? The
0: other two movies I just prefer a little bit more. Okay. Um, not to repeat myself too much from the first time, but I just felt for In the Heights, It's it's a very personal movie for me in terms mm-hmm. of how... I feel it represents a certain part of the Latin com- Latin American community, mm-hmm. Latinos, especially ones that I'm very familiar with growing up. Uh, you see a lot of Puerto Ricans, which half I'm half Puerto Rican. Um, you see Dominicans, Cubans, Mexicans. You see so many people of of that those ethnicities that I mm-hmm. grew up with, and so it just had a personal connection to me, but. Right. Outside of that, I I still feel that they were such fun performances. The, the mm. music was great. Uh, I really enjoyed following the different characters. I think you can knock something on the movie is that it does try to follow too many characters at one point. Um, you know, there's different threads that it, it's going down, uh, but in reality, you should be focused on you know the, the main couple of the story, but. Besides that, and that's that—that's more of a musical problem because it is coming from a musical, so mm-hmm. they're just porting that over into a movie. But it's still so dynamic and beautiful throughout that mm-hmm. I just dropping it down to three uh, made sense because the other two I really really enjoy. So uh, that is my experience and my number three in the heights.
1: I. I love In the Heights. I think it's really good. Um, it feels comfortable, and there's something so nice about having a Latin community portrayed that is not homogenous. Yes, you know, and that's the strength of the movie to me, and that's also what people dragged it down for as well, and the whole colorism controversy. I think that I side on the side of the movie. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. think it's still good. Like, regardless, I see your argument, um, but. It's a great movie, yeah, and I'm really upset that it just kind of got marred by the controversy. It never got to breathe. no, you know, it didn't after it was birthed
0: <laughs> right it was it it kind of felt like it was strangled, yeah, early on, and yeah, a movie, especially musicals, like you have to have like perfect everything going for it, like nothing wrong or else people aren't going to see it, or you're going to have low numbers. I mean, just look at the two biggest ones. I talked about them back-to-back. West Side Story, In the Heights. They both made pretty much the same opening weekend box office number. Mm -hmm. Um, And both of them had something that people were talking about outside of the movie. So for In the Heights, it was the colorism issue that people were complaining about. And then for West Side Story, Ansel Elgort, you know, and his, his role, well, not the role, but him oh, as a person, his controversy. Yeah. So those things can hamper a movie like a musical that is already hard to get people to come out and see to begin with. So it, it kind of just leaves a sour taste in your mouth when something that you love and you, you feel that is is good mm-hmm. is being marred with outside things.
1: I also feel like it's a shame that both of these movies got stunted um, because they're about Hispanic Latino communities.
0: That also hurts.
1: That hurts me personally.
0: It does. Because
1: we've been, you know, if you've stuck around for a while, you know that we are constantly talking about representation, how good a thing it is. We talk about representation for Asians, for black people, POC. And we're like, we want to see movies about us too. Like we're constantly like, where's where are we? And we come out with two great movies. They're great. They are. Yeah. And and you know they get shed on. They do. Nobody goes to see them. And that just says to the studios, that says to the industry that nobody wants to see these movies and so they won't make them anymore.
0: Yeah. And it's 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 a shame. It's a real it's a shame. shame. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. So that <sighs> number was my we're in their top
1: two now. Top
0: two. Hopefully okay. we can finish this off on a on a positive note.
1: <laughs> two is Belfast.
0: For me. Number two is Belfast. I
1: loved for you. it. It was, it was beautiful. I, I don't have any bad things to say about it. I it really loved is it. a
0: beautiful movie. It's another oh. black and white movie for this year, which. It's
1: a big year for black and white movies. It
0: was a big year. Yeah. Um,
1: we had, had Belfast, Malcolm and Marie, Tragedy, and Macbeth, Come On, Come On.
0: Yes, that is correct.
1: Those are the four.
0: And like. Oh, wait, no, and on. Passing. Oh, Passing, passing as, as well. well. Yeah. Yeah, Black. Uh, and white. Come On, Come On came very close to my top 10, so that would have put. Uh, that in there. You had Malcolm and Marie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like black and white movies, you know, really had an upswing in 2021. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Belfast, I feel is just, a lot of people compared it to Roma. And and no I, understand no I understand why. I understand why. It It's because it's telling a slice of life story from the director's own point of view. So Alfonso Cuaron telling his story of Roma, you know the way he grew up in Mexico, and then here we have Kenneth Branagh telling his story of how he grew up in Belfast. And honestly, I feel like Belfast is the better of, of uh, the two yeah.
1: movies. I I will die on this hill. I don't fucking care. I do not like Roma. Um, I yeah, love I Belfast. Wasn't a fan. Period.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think Belfast is just a, such a fun movie that has hope to it. Mm. There's a hope behind it. it amongst the struggles that the characters are going through. Uh, there's a hope, and you actually f- leave kind of on a pretty good note. Yeah. Which is, which is. You feel good. Yeah, it's a feel good. It's a feel yeah. good. Uh, I can't wait for people to start shitting on it when it gets. I cannot like,
1: I feel it in the air. It's I, like yeah. buzzing.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be the movie that gets all the backlash for... Oh, yeah. No, oh, like, why the is mudslinging is, is going to blah, blah, blah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's, for nothing. It's going to be awful. Uh, my number two is Licorice Pizza. No! No! Yes, it is. No!
1: Licorice okay, Pizza. Tell, me, tell me your thoughts. Like, why did it end up on number two ahead of all the other movies? Wow, oh my god.
0: Okay, so this is a different path that Paul Thomas Anderson the director is taking with this movie if you know his other movies like The Master or um, Inherent Vice or even uh, Phantom Thread like those are different types of movies than what we saw here like this almost feels like a screwball comedy compared to those movies Uh I really love like the dynamic between the two young actors Alana Haim, and Cooper Hoffman. Yeah, and yes, I I, I am aware of the po- problematic nature of portraying a 25 year old and a 15 year old. You know, romantically linked. Yes, I, I I understand that. I do. But with that said, I think this movie is a very good romantic story about two people two well two kids really because even though she's 25 she's still a kid just trying to discover what it is they're they're truly after and th- you get moments of jealousy you get moments of like trying to you know push off the other to like make them feel jealous you get uh fun moments between the two um uh, i thought I had a really fun time with the movie. I really enjoyed I thought the comedy was a lot of fun throughout the movie. I think a lot of people would be surprised that this is a... I think this is a comedic movie. This is not just like some drama uh, mm-hmm. that PTA would normally do. And I feel like it ends on a note that you're like, oh, wow, that, that was a great way to end the film. So... I really, really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> really, really did. And I was just so – maybe it's because I was so stunned by the performances by Cooper Hoffman and by Alana Hayam. Uh, so overall, I, I really can't take away too much from this movie.
1: Okay, I can. You
0: ha- I know you're you're <laughs> you're surprised by my inclusion of this at number two. Okay,
1: so I'm flabbergasted because uh, we did not watch this movie together. People. No, we didn't. So I didn't know how he felt about it, and uh, he didn't know how I felt about it. So I'm genuinely shocked that it's on his list because I did not like it as much as he did. I gave it a three out of five stars, and I'm honestly contemplating giving it a two and a half, just for you know letterbox transparency. I thought that I was going to love it because the movie started and I was like, oh, this is great. I love the comedy. I was laughing. I liked Alana Haim. I liked the dude that I, you know, his name escapes me, but he was playing the 15 year old kid. I thought that it was really quick and I was like sold on it, even though it was like weird. Like I'm never behind age gap romances. Right. And this is between a 25 year old and a 15 year old. So I was like, oh, this is kind of icky, but is kind of charming. Right. Somewhere inside them selling waterbeds, it got wild and weird, <laughs> and I couldn't tell what it was necessarily going for, and it felt like it was off the rails a little bit, and it lost a lot of focus for me, and I just didn't, I couldn't get behind it th- at that point. I thought that it was, could have been 15 minutes shorter, um, it was just, and then in the end, I was just uncomfortable and gross, and it lost all of its, like, shininess, Um Yeah.
0: I, I hear you. Licorice pizza. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, so you and I disagree on that one.
1: Completely.
0: And yeah, so I, I figured you didn't have it in your top 10. No. I, I figured you didn't. Uh, <laughs> but now I'm trying to figure out what's your number one. That's a Oh, great.
1: yeah, no. I don't think you'll guess it. So that was your two?
0: That was my number two. Okay. So what is your number one?
1: My number one movie of 2021 is Blue Bayou.
0: That is that's your number 1?
1: That's my number 1. I'm sticking wow. to it.
0: Yeah. Wow. There was that like is no surprising. question.
1: When I built this list, I was like there's one for sure and it's Blue Bayou is the best movie of 2021. Yep.
0: Wow. <clears throat> I did not expect that.
1: I know. I know. Wow. What did you expect me to do? Uh give as a number 1 movie?
0: I I was looking at the list and everything that I would have imagined you had mentioned already. So I was like, okay, what am I missing? And that took me by surprise. Just for context, I I do rank all the movies that I've watched in a year. So yeah. I put them on a list. I had Blue Bayou at number 26. Yeah, no. Yeah, so you and I took the that movie pretty differently.
1: Yeah, it I completely I, broke I my I think heart, it's so a good
0: – I think it's a very good movie. Don't get me wrong. It is. It's um, –
1: one of those that it just completely wrecked me.
0: Yeah. Completely it, it wrecked does. me. It does.
1: And, um, it's something that like you kind of know in the back of your head is happening in the country and then you see the story and then you're like, "I oh, it can't be happening now all that much. And then they like throw some stats at you in the epilogue and you're like, well, fuck like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, uh, you know, assaulting on many levels. Um, I just loved this, um, story and the acting and the way it was shot and you know the the story of the mom or or the visions of his mother that he has um drowning him or in in korea and stuff it's just like heart-wrenching because you can tell there's this huge complex that he has and going back to korea might not even solve that one thing yeah so it's tough. It's a tough watch. Um, I'd say a, a few watch. of the movies on my list are tough to watch. Like Last Duel is really tough. Mm-hmm. Malcolm and Marie is not, not easy. No, especially um,
0: for a married couple. Good luck.
1: Yeah. Tragedy Macbeth, again, like pretty difficult. Um, but I think I sh- I erred on the side of drama for my list. Yeah.
0: No. And, and then
1: there were a couple like, you know, Marvel movies. Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: uh, which really surprised me. Yeah. You had two in your top 10. <laughs> I had 10. two.
1: Like, what? <laughs> Who am I? Anyway, so, that, that rounds out my list. The best of 2021 for me. What is your number one movie, Rico?
0: My number one movie, you already mentioned it. Not too much to say, but my number one is Belfast.
1: Yeah. It's so
0: good. It, like, it's really good. Um Again, I can't help but leaving the theater I was leaving with a smile on my face Mm. um because you fall in love with the kid the the kid just had I think it was a first time actor and he he really brings like this fun naive energy Mm -hmm. and, and like a rambunctiousness to him that is just magnetic in the way he interacts with the other adults whether it's his father or mother um which by the way Jamie Dornan and uh I believe it's Katrina Balfe.
1: Katrina Balfe, yeah.
0: Yeah, just the two of them are fantastic in this movie. Yeah, um, Even, um, I believe it's uh, Kieran... Uh, yeah, Kieran, Kieran is Hines. it Hines? Kieran Hines, yes, Kieran yeah. Hines. Uh, he is wonderful. And of course, you know, Dame Judy Dench. Like everyone is, is doing well. And I love the way the movie looks. It's in black and white, but there is a dynamic sense of what's going on with the colors behind the black and white. Mm. Uh Like, especially when they would focus on this side character, he was kind of like the villain in the movie. But, like, his eyes felt piercing even though, you know, it was in black and white. Like, you could tell he had, like, these piercing eyes. And the way the camera just worked with that, I thought was wonderful. And, yeah, I, I honestly... Would not feel mad if this was the Best Picture winner. I wouldn't. I know a lot of people are going to come at it. But uh, we're here to tell you first. This is a good (laughs) movie. If you want to have a good time with a movie that is supposed to be a drama, but like it's a feel-good movie, this is the one to watch. Belfast. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we did it. We did it. This was our 2021.
1: I know. I I think it was... It was strong. I, yeah, it was strong.
0: I think it was strong. Um, <laughs> is it the strongest year that we have done on the podcast? I don't think. so. I don't think so. I still look at twenty nineteen and just like, wow, that was one hell of a year. Twenty nineteen <laughs> was insane. But with I thought, uh,
1: well, I thought twenty eighteen was. Oh was yeah, wild.
0: Twenty eighteen like, that was had really like what too. a
1: star is born, Crazy Rich Asians, A Quiet Place, Game Night. Infinity War, Black Panther.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, you're, you're like, right. Like, 2018 was really good. Very good, even. Very good year, uh But 2019, if you give me a second, like, Oh, yeah, no,
1: this, oh, but yeah, 2019 was great. Marriage Story, Booksmart, Knives Out, Ad Astra, Little Women, Parasite, Waves, uh, Ready or Not, John Wick 3. Um, Portrait
0: of a Lady on Fire, The yes. Farewell. Yes uh yeah, midsummer avengers endgame like yeah. like there was so uncut gems like there was so many mm-hmm. like movies in that year that might and be like the variety best as well yes like yeah. a nice mix of thriller drama comedy mm-hmm. action like it had everything in yeah. 2019 so yeah um yeah 2019 was great but uh 2021 not bad not a bad year um and i'm excited to see what happens in 2022 as always but the next couple of weeks are going to be kind of slow
1: for sure because it's
0: <laughs> january yeah uh and so for the next couple of weeks we're not really going to be reviewing any movies because i feel that the movies that are going to be coming out may not warrant a full review so we're going to we're going to Play around a bit on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a couple of different things. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us as we make those announcements. And as we do those episodes, you can follow us on social media at Always Critic Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. So all four of the social media sites. Check us out. We'll keep you up to date on what we're doing. Also, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can now leave us a five-star review, so go ahead and do that on both of them because that goes a long way for us. Finally, if you have done all that, go ahead and consider becoming a patron. For as little as $2 a month, you could go ahead and support the show as we continue to do things like we're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks, which is I think we're going to have some fun these next couple. Yeah, weeks. Yeah,
1: we kind of have these miscellaneous episodes, and uh, I think last year a popular one was in the in defense of she's all that with the yep. in defense of series. Yes,
0: we <laughs> we defended fun. movies that we yeah. liked that maybe weren't that uh, critically well received.
1: No, but but you guys liked it, so uh, we're we're going to be branching out. We'll we'll see what January brings us as far as miscellaneous episodes
0: (laughs) and that is the final touch on the year 2021 in movies although we'll talk about the oscars when it comes around to that time but with that said that has been our episode i'm rico
1: and i'm jessica and this has been the always a critic podcast